you're ready to stop submitting basic applications and winging your interview for your next nursing role, whether you're a graduate nurse or a seasoned healthcare professional, we'd love to exclusively invite you to our secret nurse growth hub, where you can get all of the support to apply, interview and land your next nursing role completely free. All of the resources that we've shared and created over the last three years that have helped 3,000 plus nurses internationally apply, interview and land their next nursing role. So what are you waiting for? Come and join us today. It's completely free. LiamCaswell.com forward slash NGH. Come and join the Nurse Growth Hub today and let's make applying, interviewing and landing your next nursing role easy. listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the High Performance Nursing Podcast. We've got an incredible guest today. I'm super inspired and excited for you to learn all things cosmetic nursing, cosmetic business running, all of the things today with Lorna Zelenak. So I'd like you to meet Lorna, the visionary behind Cosmetic Injectables by Lorna and the founder of the Aesthetic Atelier, Australia's pioneering cosmetic injectables business and mentorship program. I love that already. I'm so excited. With over six years of healthcare experience, Lorna's passion for skincare and aesthetics led her, her to establish Cosmetic Injectables by Lorna, where transparency, real results and patient care are paramount. Love that too. After building a respected name and a loyal clientele, Lorna realized the importance of mentorship for nurses starting their injectable businesses. Thus, the Aesthetic Atelier was born, providing a safe, ethical, and non-judgmental environment for nurses to learn and grow their businesses whilst prioritizing the best patient outcomes. Damn, that is a bloody good bio. Welcome, Lorna. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you here. I think you dropped a couple of things out there. You've won some awards as well. Do you just want to tell us? Because we love celebrating success here, especially nursing success. So tell us a couple of the awards that you've won, but you've been finalists in the running for. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I haven't won them yet. That's okay. But I mean... (laughs) Finals for a couple years now in the Australian Small Business Champion Awards and the Australian Women's Small Business Champion Awards. So that comes in the program as a young entrepreneur as well and then Cosmetic Injectables by Lorna. So finalists and still finalists again this year. So the Women's Awards are up next in the next month. So I'm keeping my fingers and toes crossed that we might walk away with a win this year. But there are some amazing, incredible businesses in Australia that we're up against. So whoever walks away is well deserving of the award, but nevertheless, I will still keep my fingers crossed for us as well. Amazing. I've got fingers and toes crossed. I've got goosebumps. I think it's incredible. (laughs) Just to be in the room, right? Like just to be in the room with people and to be inspired and to be up there. Like I don't think we celebrate nurses enough. So like we're starting this episode with yes. a celebration. So I, thank you for sharing that with us. <laughs> I know the nurses we usually like, you know, I'm I'm up for this thing, but we should really celebrate it. There's so much work that goes into it. So we're proud I of you. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. So let's dive in. Can you start by sharing a little bit about your journey from being an RN 
specializing in cosmetics and establishing your own cosmetic injectables company? I know it's a big question, but we don't mess around. So tell us the journey from start to current day. Uh, well, I think it's important that we start my journey very at the very, very beginning, <laughs> which was actually in high school because I never knew I was going to be a nurse. I never thought I would do nursing. And in year 11, I thought I would become a software engineer or do something towards IT. I, all I knew, I was good at computers and that was it. But in high school, all the subjects I picked were around things that I were good at or I liked, not necessarily what I saw myself in the future in. So I didn't do any science, anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I was really out there winging it. But in year 12, when we got towards the end of school and, you know, people were starting to apply for unis, I had a friend say to me, why don't you come along and check out nursing? And I said, oh, look, all right. And I did. And I went to a uni with her and I was like, oh, this is actually what it's about. You know, you get to talk to people all day, which I'm good at, <laughs> and science, which I've got no idea about. But the two combined seemed very interesting to me. And I thought, why not? I'll apply. And I got in. So I went through and completed my Bachelor of Nursing in 2018. And then 2019, I feel like to preface this as well, while I did my bachelor, I worked as a carer. So that was really cool to step into healthcare already and start to get that experience. And I did a lot of community care in the home as well. And I absolutely loved it. It was my favorite thing to do. I had a few regular clients and then a few people I'd travel around to, and it was my favorite thing to do. So when I received my registration, I went into nursing in the community and I absolutely loved that again because it was a smooth transition for me. It was an easy way till I hit my grad year mm -hmm. as well. So it was quite competitive to get into the grad year that I got, but I was very lucky and blessed and I got in into general medicine, which some might argue that might not feel like a blessing because <laughs> I feel like we are general medicine nurses, a special kind of nurse, you know, yeah. jack of all trades, but a master of none. But nevertheless, I went into general medicine and I loved the team that I worked with, but I didn't love the job and mm. I didn't see myself there forever. And when I was in university, I knew I had an interest in skin and dermatology and more so towards skin cancers, et cetera. I, I really found that quite an interesting specialty of nursing. Mm. And I thought, you know, I'll do my graduate, then maybe I'd go work in a dermatology clinic, et cetera. However, again, I started getting injectable treatments myself and I thought, hey, this is actually kind of cool because you get to combine the love of beauty that I already had for many years and as well the science component that I had now found to love through nursing and studying. So I did my certificate in cosmetic nursing and from there I opened my own business after doing some mentorship, um, some hands-on training, etc. And when I opened my business, I continued working in the hospital and I worked seven days a week, which is oh, yeah. not, not a good thing in hindsight. And it's one thing I teach nurses not to do now, but basically I'd work my four days a week in the hospital. And then on the three days off, I'd spend that time building my business up as much mm -hmm. as I could. 
during this time, obviously we went into COVID as well. So this kind of rolled into COVID. At that stage, I decided to stay in the hospital and I continued doing a lot of upskilling at home. So there's a lot of masterclasses, webinars that we were able, very fortunate and able to access during lockdowns. So I upskilled from there. However, the conditions at the hospital that I was working at unfortunately went very poorly during COVID and a lot of our mental health suffered. And as a result, a lot, of, a lot of us chose to walk. We couldn't cope anymore. There were some nurses who left the profession altogether. There were some nurses who moved wards, hospitals, states. And so from there, I had a bit of a break because I was having a lot of mental breakdowns. I was not mm-hmm. coping, but I went and worked in a hair loss clinic and helped a startup clinic. And that was really mm-hmm. awesome. And from there, I continued working on the business when I was able to, of course, in the background, hair loss clinic, coming in and out of many lockdowns in Melbourne for people who are listening all around the world. In Melbourne, Australia, we had way too many lockdowns during COVID. And as a result, a lot of local businesses shut down, but injectables was one of them as well. But hospitals, very basic businesses like cafes for takeaway, things like that were still allowed to operate, but that's about it. Otherwise, from there, I pretty much continued to, again, expand on the growth that I had. I did the vaccine rollout while Mm. we weren't able to work in injectables or the hair loss clinic. And then at the beginning of last year, I decided to throw myself in the deep end and go full time because at this stage, I was already spending three, four days injecting and then maybe only one or two days in the upper clinic I was working at, threw myself in the deep end had it looked back since. And then last year I had basically gone to this business growth day and we were talking about what our plans were for the future. And I just sat there saying, I have no idea whatsoever. Mm. And there was a lady who said to me, well, what what's happening right now in your business? Tell me. And I said, well, a lot of nurses come to me and ask for help in their injectables business because there is this big mentality in our industry that it's very hush-hush. We don't tell others what's going on, how to get into the industry because we don't want them to come into the industry. And <laughs> I'm an open book and I just, I just rather help people out. And what I realized is that there's this massive gap in terms of we teach the hands-on skills really well, but we do not teach nurses the business skills whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so basically I realized that over these years that I was stuck in COVID or working on the business when I didn't have clients, I actually spent a lot of time trying to understand the fundamentals of business and actually how to get my business up and running and growing at the same time. And so I thought, hold on, well, I can actually teach nurses how to do this and make the process a lot easier than it is at the moment. Mm. And so that's where we started the Aesthetic Atelier. And so we basically started with just a handful of nurses who had faith in me, and I'm so glad that they did, (laughs) to help them along their journeys. And basically we were taking, you know, the time period that it took me now to grow my business, we've been doing it for nurses within six months to achieve their growth. So we are really taking the time to basically teach them how to grow their business, but also understand what they're doing in their business as well too. And I would say that's probably up to in this point of the journey. That's as summarized as I can make it without expanding too much as well. I love it so much. I there's so many things that I want to dive into. And just for everybody listening, I just the first question I want to ask you is about 
permission to pivot, right? Like what, when I interview people, a lot of the time people have just moved. They just like see an opportunity, they go. Like talk us through that process for you because a lot of people are so worried, right? Community nursing, I'm going to de-skill. I'm not going to be as acute. Gen med is like unsexy and not a great place to, you know, people don't love staying there for a long time. I was just not overly cool. I love gen med, by the way. But that's what people <laughs> yes. think, right? People think gen med and surge are like unsexy, like, it's the dog's body work and it's like I loved it so talk us through like your pivot process and like allowing yourself permission to do that I guess for myself I would say that going from community nursing I already loved it anyway but I guess there's this mentality in university and again I'm not sure if you've experienced this as well with talking to grads or people going into Mm. their grad years but there's this mentality in university that if you don't get an acute grad year, it's the end of it's almost the end of the world. Yeah. Or if you get subacute, you know, you're not a good enough nurse, you're not good enough for acute nursing. And I just don't think that's true. Mm. The reality is that I found for myself, I was happy to go anywhere because the hospital that I went for was quite competitive. And from thousands of applicants, I think they only take roughly 150. So I was very lucky to dip my foot into that pond. So in that sense, I think it's just about understanding nursing as a whole has so many different specialties. And I think that's the absolute beautiful thing about it is that you Mm -hmm. can stem off and go anywhere you want. And especially in this market now, I think it was on one of your previous podcasts, you were saying that you know, for us now, we get to choose. We can choose where we want. They they need us. So mm. we get now to be those type of people who go, well, actually, yeah, I get to pick where I'm going and the conditions that I work in, whereas mm. before it used to be the opposite way around. Right. And so I think that's the beautiful thing now as well too. But I would say just ignoring that mindset of, you know, it's not good enough. It absolutely is. And I think Mm. in gen med, yes, the work is heavy, but on the other end, I had the most beautiful, fantastic team that I worked with. And we did a lot of team nursing and it was the best, the best type of nursing I would say that I have ever did so far in terms of in the hospital. It was my favorite type of nursing that I did. So I would say, yeah, you've just got to let go of that mentality. Mm, I love that so much. Amen. You're speaking my language. And I think that people forget that, you know, jobs where maybe we're not feeling it, like Gen Med, I would be so curious to know like how that experience in Gen Med helps you in your business today. Like Gen Med is busy, crazy, chaotic, right? And then you think about running a business, it's the same. It's busy, crazy, chaotic, (laughs) chaotic. It's time management, it's delegation, it's all of the things that you learn there, right? So I think sometimes we think there, are, it's like there's a sunk cost. We have this idea like, yes. well, I've wasted three years here. And it's like, no, like you will use that for the rest of your career regardless. Even if you're never a nurse again, you will use those skills and whatever you go into. So I love that. I wanted to ask you a question because I'm sure everybody wants to know the answer to this question. When, how many years then? Because we have this fascination with like <laughs> years, five years. When did you make that first pivot into cosmetics? So I was about three quarters in to nursing, my first year of nursing when I started doing my certificate. Okay. So I was still quite early on. And it's funny because that can catch you a lot of heat in the industry, mm-hmm. uh, not being experienced enough, et cetera. 
But at the time, I felt quite confident in the skills that I had in the hospital. And I guess as well, because of my previous healthcare experience, yeah. I was quite quick on my feet in responding to things, et cetera. I felt confident in my skills. So that's why I probably felt at that time I was comfortable to go in. I really took that time to make that judgment and assessment for myself rather than what other people were telling me because cosmetic nurses can also be very opinionated which we respect, we we love a good opinion, but also, you know, pushing your view, views on other people is a completely different thing as well. But that being said, I decided to make that leap at that time because I felt comfortable in it. And also in the fact that I did extra training, I took it at my own pace as well when opening my business too. I took time in investing in my education and also upskilling and, you know, making sure that I felt adequate adequately trained rather mm. in injecting before I actually stuck needles in people's face. Yeah. I mean, that seems pretty logical, eh? but I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure you have some stories that we won't go into today, but yeah, I love that. And I, what I particularly like about your journey is that, you know, you didn't put all your, all the, your eggs into one basket. You allowed yourself to still nurse on your terms is what I call it, right? Like you're nursing on your terms. You're building your business on the side. You've got some income coming in for certainty and stability in this current economy is very important. And you're starting to upskill and recognize those skill gaps. And I think sometimes we can be really overwhelmed with the skill gaps that lay ahead of us, especially when you make that pivot into business, right? Because we're nurses, we're great at like doing everything, quote unquote, for free, ultimately, like we're there, we're givers, we're servers. And now you've got to start charging. Now you've got to start marketing and business behind the scenes and all of those things. It's a totally different ball game, right? So talk to us about that process of the, the one day a week, like starting one day a week and what that was like. And why did you choose to take that approach? So starting off, initially because it was building it up at the time I didn't have a clientele to be honest I didn't know what I was doing and I think it was the first day I'd walked in I was renting a room in this clinic and I just thought all the clients would show up and I think it took me (laughs) about two hours to realize this isn't how it works why did I think this is how it works so I had to start up slow and I did really enjoy that balance as well of going between the jobs that I had at that time. Mm-hmm. So going between gen med or even when I did the vaccine rollout or working in the hair loss clinic, I found it was a nice sweet medium and it was a nice break from each job at that time as well. But again, as it built up over time, I was able to convert across, but I definitely was a process of learning about the business, but also about myself and the changes that I was going through and as well, you know, the hours and shifting around that too. So there were a lot of different things happening at the time, but ultimately I started slow and just working my way up and moving as well with that clientele that I was building at that time. Yeah, amazing. And you mentioned this earlier that there can be a lot of opinions and a lot of heated discussions and a lot of, you know, you should do this and you can't do that. And a lot of rules and regulations that are just pulled out of thin air across the industry. How did you personally navigate that in making this transition so early on in your career? I think this is very interesting because I think it has changed as I have changed as well. And I think when I came into the industry, I very much had that imposter syndrome in the sense that 
I'm not sure if I belong here. A lot of people made me feel very alienated and isolated. There were friends that I had that I'd been ghosted by. I did feel very alone at some stages. Mm. So that was tough initially. But I think I really have to think about it in the sense that as I grew with my mentality, I am open to different opinions, but also in the sense that in our industry, everything is very gray. There is no black and white. There is no clear right and wrong. And I'm open to different opinions, but also I think that we have to learn to really understand that we do deserve to be here. We've done the study. We've done the time. Mm. And also that the biggest opinion that matters is our own. And if we're taking the education process and things like that out of it, you know, our biggest opinion that should matter is our own and where we want to go with it. So you can listen to a thousand different people tell you 14 different things about the industry, about how you should start, how you should finish, how you should grow. You should always work in the hospital. You shouldn't work in the hospital at all. The reality is it's the best choice for you to decide that path. No one else at the end of the day, because at the end of the day is your life and you only get one, one chance at this rodeo. So you might as well live it the way you want. So I think it's, It's definitely changed over time with me growing because initially I was very scared of a lot of these opinions, Mm. but now I really work to challenge them. And I think especially in this last year, I think last year I found my voice, but this year I really found this, not, I wouldn't say aggressive, but this fiery kind of undertone in my voice in the sense I, I really want to question people and why and why do you think like that? And tell me why we constantly need to follow X, Y, Z, et cetera. I want to know why we're thinking like that. So I think it's been a bit of a journey. Yeah. And I think that that's like, that's a typical nursepreneur pathway, right? I think I felt like you, like when I opened my coaching business, that everybody would just flock here. And like, I would be in a deep. <laughs> Every nurse is struggling with mental and emotional health, right? At health. And they want to enjoy their work and their stress and their burnt out. And I'm like, crickets like where are the people you know and I think that (laughs) it's such a journey in that initial like imposter syndrome for everybody listening I think imposter syndrome is like a necessary first step like and it's what we make that imposter syndrome mean about us and our capabilities and some people just stop themselves at that point and they're like I don't belong I'm not capable I can't do this and then there's a handful of us that you know you're probably listening to this podcast as a high performer that go hell to the no like i can do this this is a normal body like normal human experience i'm here for it i'm willing to feel all of the discomfort my emotions do not hurt me and i'm allowed to have this full spectrum you know experience of the highs and the lows and if you are thinking about cosmetics or coaching or any type of online nursing business or business as a nurse that's the path right there's no sugar coating it I wish somebody had kind of like laid that out for me so I love that you do this (laughs) work the other thing you touched on there is like that self-validation and it's so Mm -hmm. important I think whether you're a nurse on the floor or whether you're a nurse in business the self-validation is so important I believe that we have been trained to always seek external validation as clinicians like as nurses in particular we cannot do anything without somebody taking it off Right, like our manager, yes. our educator, our CDN, our buddy for three years as we're trained, our doctors, our multidisciplinary team. And we're kind of like at the mercy of everybody, or at least we think we are. And I think that's why we see a lot of people outsourcing their power. 
all the time to other people and I see it on Facebook and you guys see me on Facebook all the time like being like you know it would be great to yeah. have other people's opinion on this but what's your <laughs> opinion on it you know like let's yes. tap into your own power because you always do know what it is that you want and need you know your mind and your body knows so I love that you touched on that there and spoke about that because it's an integral part of the nursepreneur journey Without it, like you're at the mercy of everybody else and your mind just becomes like this overwhelmed hot mess express for sure. Being there, <laughs> engage in that like every second. Yes. <laughs> yes. So let's pivot a little bit and talk more about cosmetic nursing. And I want you to tell us a little bit about what a cosmetic nurse is, what they do, you know, just for like, we've got mm-hmm. students to listen to this. They're like, what's cosmetics? Or we've maybe got nurses that have been nursing for a while and they're thinking, this sounds cool. So tell us more about like, Cosmetic nursing, a day in the life, what does it look like? Yep, beautiful. So I would say, I guess, cosmetic nursing, you can also hear called aesthetic nursing as well. So in a day-to-day life, what I would say that would look like, it depends obviously where you work, if you work for yourself and work for somebody else, but generally it looks at administering cosmetic injectable treatments. So depending on where you are in the world can look a little bit different depending on what is offered. Um, For example, in Australia here, we predominantly offer only hyaluronic acid fillers because they are reversible, whereas, for example, different places in the world, such as America, where their regulations are a little bit looser, they're happy to do non-dissolvable ones, things like that. But predominantly, cosmetic injectable treatments might include skin treatments as well too. And day-to-day, that will literally look like administering those treatments with patients obviously working through the day as well, depending on which aspect you take. Of course, that can include all the nitty gritty aspect of booking the patients, taking the payments, you know, cleaning, Mm -hmm. stock take, things like that as well, which sometimes we don't see in the online compartment. But I would say also online with business, you can look at marketing as well, finances, everything in between. So there are a lot of different roles that you can take on as a cosmetic nurse but it's beautiful because there are lots of different things that you also can do within cosmetic nursing as well and there are some cosmetic nurses who will specialize a bit more in cosmetic injectable treatments whereas there are some cosmetic nurses that i've met who will specialize more in skin treatments so doing more facial treatments etc things on the top of the skin peels all that whereas some will specialize on the other end so there are lots of different things that come with cosmetic nursing but depending on where you are in the world that role might look a little bit different Mm, yeah I love that that's so cool so interesting to hear about different options within nursing careers so how would you become a cosmetic nurse in Australia and what kind of tips and tricks would you have for somebody that's thinking of pursuing that path so in terms of becoming a cosmetic nurse in Australia itself Again, because our regulation is not very straightforward, you don't technically have to do a super long training course. So there are courses that go for a year and a half, and now there are courses that go for one to two days. So they really do have a variety and they have gotten shorter. The reality is you can pick whichever one. It's completely up to you, but you'll find if you pick the longer courses that you will obviously have a class at time, materials provided, you're going to have a set day that you might go in on or do online learning. Whereas, of course, if you pick the shorter courses, 
a lot of it is going to be you need to come in with the consolidated knowledge already. You need to have spent probably likely, I would say, months doing anatomy, physiology, study, et cetera, pharmacology before you come in. And then you need to be ready to hit the ground running, doing your practical skills, et cetera. So in terms of that, that is the vast variety that you can kind of go into. In terms of you know, prerequisites, you would have to complete your Bachelor of Nursing. At this stage, Diploma of Nursing or Enrolled Nurses in Australia do have the ability to still become a cosmetic nurse. However, in recent regulations that have been introduced this year, APRA or the Australian Health Practitioner Regulation Agency basically have made it a lot harder for enrolled nurses coming in to become cosmetic nurses. They've really tightened up the restrictions with almost making it about three years experience that you need before you can actually specialize in cosmetic nursing because they basically have deemed their skills not high enough basically mm-hmm. to complete the studies so therefore we're seeing a lot of enrolled nurses who have come into nursing purely to do injectables going straight and rolling over into their bachelor instead as well Mm. but from there it is variable in terms of what pathway you take you might choose to open your own business you might choose to work for a clinic you might choose to spend more time doing hands-on there are lots of different pathways that you can actually take out of it as well and it's really about where the person wants to end up at the end of the day because some people do it and they just want to work for somebody else Mm -hmm. they still simply want that easy you know nine to five ten to five etc they want to come in they want to do their work they want to go home and that's it Mm -hmm. whereas some other people might actually prefer the aspect of running their own business as well yeah i love that and in terms of the price investment for these types of courses i know i see this online a lot of people are like is it worth it and i think that question is the wrong question but we won't dive into that but i'm going <laughs> to ask you that question i guess would you say it's worth it and what would people look to like what would be a reasonable amount for people to invest in in these types of courses roughly it depends on the, again, the longevity of course. Of course, I will say all, all courses are worth it if you end up in cosmetic nursing. <laughs> if you end up where you want to be, then that's the yep. important part. But generally, we kind of see the investment is anywhere between 5 to 15 depending on longevity. Yep. However, I have heard of people spending up to 30000 If you're going towards that end, I would argue you're probably in the wrong place. You're probably actually spending too much money. The best courses are between five and 15 and you're going to find the longer time period the course goes up as well. But sometimes we do see that there are some subsidies, things like that available as well. So it's always great for people to check if there is something available for Mm. them as well. But I think at this stage in time, there isn't really much available, unfortunately. But again, that's just because obviously... They want more people to go into the hospital at this time mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Such good value of information, like five to 15. Don't spend more than like, you're going to have to yeah, don't, a little bit too much. Yeah. Oh, I, I've got a nurse that I know and she spent over 30 and we just, we don't talk about it anymore because we've talked about it and it's done yeah. and that conversation is done. Yeah. And she'll hear when other people say, you know, I only spent five or 10 and mm. she, oh my goodness, it was too much. Yeah, yeah. And look, like you said earlier, like it really does depend. Like if it gets to your you to your goal, I, I always think about investment in the sense that like you're investing in your brain and no one can ever take that yes. away from you. So it's like, yeah, 30k, but that's amazing. Like you just gifted yourself 30k. Like, yeah, you spent 30k. <laughs> 
but it's like you gifted yourself 30k worth of skills tools knowledge experience and you're going to be able to monetize that moving forward and one thing that i love about nursepreneurship is that that traditional story of like you know i'm being paid 40 bucks an hour you know if you run your own business you get to decide how much you make your income is uncapped and that is yes. just, you know that's incredible i never thought as a nurse that i could make as much money as i wanted to make while still serving people what are your thoughts on that investing and like being able to make uncapped income as a entrepreneur i think investing in yourself is so incredibly important I think that if, you know, if we talked about 30,000 and that got you exactly where you needed to be, then I would never argue against it because I think also I do see this mentality where people don't want to spend money for further education because they've already spent so much on education, but it is so incredibly valuable when it gets you where you need to be. So again, I would say investment, you've got to invest in yourself at the end of the day and you can't get it. Like everything costs something. That's a reality. And if you think it's free, it's probably not. Um, so again, so I, I know it's like when they they come up to you and they're like, it's free. You're like, no, it's not. I'm paying one way or another. But yeah. I think investment, incredibly important. But I, yeah, I always find it's a good argument point kind of thing in terms of what people say, but I don't want to pay more money. I'm like, yes, but it will get you exactly where you yeah. want to be. Yeah. On the other end of that, I find having uncapped earnings is amazing because it allows you to grow and expand as well too and like you said you know you get to decide what you earn at the end of the day which is amazing as well and I think we are really seeing a lot of people as well turn towards the industry because they think they can make high amounts of money I think that's an interesting topic to go into but definitely there is money to be earned a hundred percent and you can definitely earn more than what is currently out there I would say yeah, yeah. Well, I would be curious to dive into that if you're keen, but I don't know if you want to yeah, go there. So- but I, one, my next question was around misconceptions and myths about cosmetic mm-hmm. because I think it's glorified, right? From the outside looking in, everybody looks yes. beautiful, everybody's stunning, you know, and I feel like self-conscious walking <laughs> clinic. No, kidding. I think that everybody thinks that the grass is greener, especially if you're taking mm-hmm. the business route, you know, yeah. Like, so tell us about like some of the, the pros and some of the cons and some of the misconceptions. Okay, beautiful. I would say if we started with pros, pros, I would say great work-life balance. You get to decide how your week looks, what you want your week to look like. And I know this can especially be desirable for people with families as well. I've met a lot of nurses as well who have young children and they want to spend more time at home with their children growing up. So again, great work-life balance. I would say earnings is great too. I would also add that a pro is that you get to grow yourself as well as the business too. You get to grow what your mission is or what your passion is as well. So I always think that's a pro. I think pro coming into an absolutely booming industry, you're never not going to have a job. You're always going to be needed because the growth is that we're seeing projected over the next 15 years is absolutely insane. So again, you're always going to be needed. Hmm. cons on the other end I would argue that if it was your own business that you do have to invest time and money so sometimes that means that you have to miss out on things and that's okay 
you have to everybody has to make some type of sacrifice here and there but it doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice your life it just means you have to sacrifice some things mm -hmm. i would say another con can be the mentality of the industry especially if you allow it it will eat you up chew you up and spit you right out mm -hmm. so you have to really have a strong mindset walking in or you will stay in that imposter syndrome boat and you will just roll around in that same river the whole time i would say cons as well would be as such that your earnings can also depend on how the market varies at the same time too. You do take a risk going into business, especially this year where how we've seen with everything with inflation, et cetera, our clients are acting behaviorally much different than they used to as well. The trends are showing different. So again, you have to be mindful about doing that in your own business. Mm -hmm. In terms of myths, I would say, one of the biggest myths that I find from the outside is that it's all beautiful on the inside. And I think that's very false. I think there are some very, I'll just say it's a lie. There are some very ugly, horrific parts of our industry. Botched jobs are true. You will see them. You will see, you know, people who will post online on Facebook who have horrific complications and practitioners not owning up to it. You will see practitioners acting unethically people will be nasty as well people will be nasty to you people have gone out their way to be nasty to me people I hear people talking about me etc it happens it is what it is so I would say you have to be mindful in that aspect it's not as beautiful as it looks obviously you, you think that you hop into your own business and it's injecting all day but it's not like we said you've got to do all the nitty-gritty work behind the scenes that's a lot. People also do have this mindset. As soon as they walk in, they're going to have thousands of dollars flooding their way. And again, that's just not true initially starting out. It does take time. You need to work to get that money back. We can't just, you know, it's not like winning the lottery and the money just flows to you. I wish it were that easy, <laughs> but you do have to put in work. It's actually it's a very interesting part of it. I do have this conversation with people many times where mm. there will be People that I speak to, and I always think about one case where I spoke to somebody who was surprised that they weren't earning a lot of money. And I said, well, well, what, like, tell me how you're spending your weeks. And they just said, oh, well, I just, I just go into the clinic when a client books in online and that's it. I said, so what, what do you do for the rest of the week? Oh, well, I work at the hospital. Uh, do you do any marketing online? No. Do you follow up with anyone? No. Any emails? No. So how do you think like you're going to, like they just don't flock in. So again, there are a lot of different myths in there, I would say, but all in all, if you understand, you know, what you're getting yourself into and also, you know, not to row the imposter boat and things like that, then all in all, I think you can walk out on the other end. Mm. Such good information, so valuable. I think one thing that I see myself and a lot of other coaches and you know, online entrepreneurs do is what my coach calls fantasy math, which is like, so <laughs> if I get 500 <laughs> clients at this price point, then I'm going to make a million dollars in three weeks. And you're like, no. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> no, no. And you'll be lucky if you make $3 in those three weeks, right? Like it's a process and it's all about really building a brand, right? I think that's what you've done really well is mm. you've built this brand, you're using marketing, you're filling in your skill gaps, which I love, you know, I'd like just so inspired by your work and I think that that that's the missing piece right people forget like yeah you get a certificate great amazing it was like me I got my coaching certificate then what 
you know, and I've spoke about it on the podcast, I've easily spent over 50K, if not more, on building my business. But, you know, to go back to the investment question, if you spend 50K, but for the rest of your life, you have uncapped income and the ability to scale and grow a business and work on your terms and live in Paris or, you know, run your own cosmetic company, is it worth it? I don't know, but only you can decide, hey? So I love that we're it. on that. So tell us more about your business mentoring program and some of the common kind of things that you see. We've already touched on some of it, marketing <laughs> and <Yeah>. fantasy math. <laughs> what else comes up that you help people with? I think a very big part in cosmetic nursing, and I would argue this probably does go a lot, I would say across the waters, we'd come across to you in this as well, in terms of in our industry, all in all, we I would say that we are seeing, if we talk about the nursing shortage, I remember when I was at uni, we talked about the nursing shortage, not just everybody quitting their jobs because they want to go work elsewhere, but because of that age gap, that aging nursing mm. population. So we're seeing that gap between experienced nurses and younger nurses coming in from their training. And I think we're also seeing that now in the cosmetics industry as well. I reckon it ripple effects across the board, quite honestly. But what I've also found is, is that there's this mentality coming in because there'll be one person who is very experienced who will say something nasty or something bad, or you see them talk online and that ripple effect comes down to you and you think, oh, my God, I can't do this. They're going to talk about me. They're going to be really nasty. And it is that imposter syndrome first off. But one of the biggest things I talk about is that quality does not ex- equal experience and experience does not equal quality. Mm. And what I mean by that, and I really have to preach it to the choir, especially in the imposter syndrome boat as well, is that, You can have the most experienced practitioner and they can give you the worst job. Mm. Or you could have the most experienced practitioner and they could give you the best job. Whereas on the other end, you can have the least experienced practitioner and they could give you the worst job. Or you could have the least experienced practitioner and they can give you the best job. So you have to always remember that quality does not necessarily equal experience and experience does not necessarily equal quality. There are amazing injectors coming in first, second year, and they are absolutely blowing it out the ballpark. And there might be people up here that have to say, I know for myself, again, I've got lovely friends in the industry and people in the background who will tell me people up here will say something nasty and it's always age-related, my ad. It's mm. always age-related. Yeah. But if I let that get to me, then what, like, It doesn't make any sense to me because at the end of the day, I'm out here trying to change the mentality of the industry. I want our nurses to be experienced. I want them to be supported. I want them to feel educated. If that's what your comment is, what are you doing to the younger generation of nurses? So again, I always preach that. And I think it's one of the biggest things that I talk about is that, hey, let's hop out that imposter syndrome boat. Remember, just because you've only got a small amount of experience doesn't mean you can't do amazing work. And it doesn't mean that you won't do amazing work because you absolutely will, but you shouldn't let that deter you from doing an amazing job. And it's, I probably had that conversation with every single nurse that I meet or very close to, because this person, one person up here, and it might not even be about them can create such an impact on the way that you work because you think that if you accidentally do one thing wrong, 
that they're going to come for you like a torpedo in the water. And it's just not the case. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think that so many things come to mind for me and for people that are thinking of doing cosmetics and maybe, you know, really weighing their decision on other people's perspective and opinions. And I can also hear the flip side of the high performance assessing audience, which is going to say, but yeah, what about how the young people treat, you know, the older nurses mm. experience? And look, it happens across the board and I'm putting it out there. I know some people come in, but what we're dealing with are different generations of clinician yes and we're just raised differently in each generation I attended a study day on this years ago and it's fascinating to see how it will change and evolve and how you know we're back in the day like when I finished you would never have your mobile phone on the floor ever like I think yeah. like an Nokia 3310 in my pocket right and then like today like the bones are on the floor and there's yeah sure they're not supposed to be on the floor but they're still there and people are using them because they use the apps and you know whatever else I think that we have to stop this. I, I love what you just said, this age mm. narrative like bullshit, because ultimately, yeah. who cares? Like what you exactly just said there. And sometimes arguably the people coming through are hungry for it and they're dedicated, yeah. driven and motivated. And sometimes like that, they might've been wanting to be an aesthetic nurse since they saw Lorna on the telly, you know, getting in <laughs> from the age of 10, like who knows, right? So it doesn't mean that they have no experience just because they, they're new. Like I just, mm. that stuff kind of like infuriates me as I can hear it infuriates too, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> I got a message today from somebody saying, Liam, how many years do I need to work before I can become an NP? Now NP is probably a little different, but the same rules apply. Like as many as you want, <laughs> like two, yeah, and it's up to you. It doesn't matter. And I think it just needs to be that mentality shift because respect is a two-way road. And again, like I, I always respect anybody. It doesn't matter their age, their experience. I treat everybody with respect in our industry because I know that's the exact way I'd want to be treated. But it's when individuals will go out their way to target people and we find predominantly because it is the newer nurses coming in that it is age-related or experience-related. But then that's on that end where I actually go, well, hey, but What's the point in doing that? Because you're deterring the people coming in who are passionate, who want to learn, who want to soak it up like a sponge, who want to learn from you, who want to learn from the best. And if you set that mentality now, what does that do to people coming in? And I can speak firsthand from this because I know when I came in, I was a bit like that in the sense that I, I also went, oh, well, if people ask me, you know, well, no one wanted to tell me. So should I tell anyone else? I don't really want to tell anyone else because they didn't want to tell me. But now I just realized, well, actually stuff that. (laughs) Like what's the the point? (laughs) The more you do and the more you expose yourself, the more you start to see that these people are just mirroring or reflecting to you their insecurities through that Mm. age experience whether it's you know young to experienced or experienced to young it's a reflection of insecurity and a reflection of their own internal drama and that's why I love coaching so much because I'm like hey you know you have full control over this vessel and that's it like Mm. John Jane like you can't control a thing they say or do and they can hate you for the next 10 years for absolutely nothing for dropping a panadol on the floor who gives a shit? Don't give them all your power, <laughs> right? Like, don't give them all your power. Yeah. It's of no benefit whatsoever. It. And I think that really what it comes down to is that no one actually cares. This has been a no, lesson for me that... No one gives a shit. I have had to learn time and time again, 
Like, I put out a post the other day, I had a typo in it, and I'm like, my brain wanted me to freak out, it wanted me to have a full meltdown, it wanted me to ruin my day. And I was like, no, Liam, I grinded myself. I was like, no one cares. Literally, nobody cares. <laughs> they don't care. Right? And like, it's so even true, though like... it's shitty, it's like, to me, I feel great when I tell myself that. So I'm like, nobody cares. And that's fine. I can move on. And I think when you allow yourself to get out of the impossible or even just to normalize it and be like, yeah, I'm going to face criticism because I'm doing something that they wish they could have done. Amazing. Like when you allow yourself to just do it anyway, like push through that fear and let them have their thoughts because you're never going to change their thoughts. It's never going to change. Then you get to unleash your potential and your capacity to have and your uncapped income. It's totally worth that. But that's where the this course, like this business membership that you have is incredible, right? I'm just calling a membership, but it's a mentorship program, right? Like it's because yeah. navigating that is the hardest part. And I think that, mm. you know, I think that's like, you can be a cosmetic nurse and do all the clinical stuff. Cause like, yeah, sure, it's hard, but you know, you're a nurse, you can do it. Navigating all the other stuff, that's tough for sure. Mm. So what do you think are some, like, if you were to like list two or three things that would be absolute priorities for somebody that's just got their cosmetic certificate and they're like, oh my God, where do I go? What do I do? How do I get support? What would you advise them to do? Come talk to me. Yeah. Yes. No, but that was not I an was... intentional segue, but I was so no, subtly. Guys, come on. No. <laughs> no, so what I'd say is is find somebody in the industry that you trust. And whether it be a mentor or somebody you already know, find somebody that you trust. And I always think it's good to have somebody to lean on for guidance or even just to bounce some thoughts off. Hey, I'm thinking about taking this pathway. What do you think? Do you have any advice? But also taking that on on board and doing your own research I have always found to be honest when especially nurses have completed shorter courses they do require some type of mentorship mm. in one form or another so again if you can find a mentor in the industry I would always say it's an added bonus because why we're here and there's only a few of us in Australia to be fair we're here to guide you from start to finish and wherever you start and wherever you, you finish, that may be up to you. But we're here, here to help you basically along the way and make the process a hell of a lot easier than it needs to be as well. So I would say that would kind of be my first tip. My second tip would be to really brush up on your skills in terms of anatomy, physiology, and as well be open to looking up, you know, different pharmaceutical products, brands, things like that online as well, because what you train with may not always be what you use in clinic or what you use in the long run. So it's good to also open your mind and expand your knowledge in that aspect as well. And of course, plenty of hands-on training to utilize all your family and friends as well. I would always say, <laughs> yeah, sign up. I think I had about 40 different people that I knew when I first started because I was so scared to inject on the general public. Mm. So I literally hassled, I reckon, every single person that I knew at the time to come into my clinic. And the more you do it, the better you will get. I promise if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm so nervous to inject, I know that feeling mm -hmm. and it will go away with time, but you need to inject to get over that feeling. And I always think about it. It's like when you first like do your IV lines or you prime oh. your line, right? And you're getting your pump ready and you're, or you're mixing your pip taz and yeah. you're so scared the syringe is <laughs> going to go and you can't shake all the bloody powder off. And <laughs> the way I think about it is it's like that. 
But then you do that for the hundredth time and it gets a lot easier. It doesn't yeah. get nerve-wracking anymore, probably yeah. after the tenth time for the pimp taz, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it gets easier as well. So make sure that you stay up to date because there are some people who will leave a gap between studying and commencing a work. Keep up to date in your skills there as well. And again, you can usually do that in terms of there's always somewhere available that you can usually mm. do some hands-on skills, et cetera, in the meantime. So yeah. That would be my three top tips. Grab up your knowledge, look for mentorship, and basically just enjoy the ride. You know, we come into this industry to get a better work-life balance, but also to do mm. something fun and enjoy, you know, enhancing people's beauty and, you know, really making them a lot more confident about themselves as well and enjoy that ride and enjoy that aspect of nursing. And it's a very different one. And in Australia, we're starting very slowly to get recognized as a specialty, but I'm glad. Yeah. But there's also, you know, we talked about the cons of it, but there's also a very beautiful side to it. And you can really create change in people's lives, even if it's just a subtle, you know, tiny little thing yeah. in their appearance. It really can make all the world of a difference. So I would highly encourage people if they were thinking about it to consider it. <laughs> Oh, I love it so much. I love that. And I think that it's worth noting, like, regardless whether you're a new grad that's listening to this, you're a seasoned nurse, like, wherever you are in your journey, you're thinking of setting up an online business, allowing your first time, your first couple of times to be, you know, I don't want to say hot mess express because you're actually putting stuff into people's face, but, you know, you've got the skill, you've got the certification, but, you know, the first time is going to be clunky. It's going to be a little messy. It's going to be like a little, yeah. you know, awkward and you're going to have sweaty palms and all of the things are going to be happening. It's like your first website is is a pile of shit. You know, your first podcast yeah. is a disaster. <laughs> you know, your first post That's on so social true. media is like Z minus, like it gets a Z, like it's so terrible. You've just recorded somebody else's quote and you're like, yeah, I'm amazing, but it's fine. Like that's part of the process. I think we're sold a lot of the time online that, you know, it's just super easy. You just start and you go and you make all this money. And like the more that I meet nursepreneurs, the more I learn that, no, there's a process, there's a journey. It takes time. It takes commitment, perseverance. It takes creating something that's sorely needed, that fills a gap. And just like you have here, like create a movement. I feel like you've created a movement of like a positive aesthetic culture within the aesthetic world. And it's super inspiring. So I just want to say thank you for sharing your journey, your story, all of the things today. You've inspired me because I've got a few ideas percolating <laughs> in my brain. It's not in cosmetics. Don't worry, everybody. Coming to a face near you with a needle anytime soon. Um, but yeah. Where can people find you? Where can people learn more about all of the amazing work that you do? Well, thank you very much for that, by the way. I do appreciate okay. it. So if you do, if you are listening to this and you do have any questions, please feel free to reach out. I am an open book and I love to help where I can. So you can find us at, if you're on Instagram, Cosmetic Injectables by Lorna or the Aesthetic Atelier is the business program as well. And in terms of websites, if you're looking at the business program, especially www.theaestheticatelier.com.au. And again, even if you are worldwide, we are still happy to help as well because predominantly a lot of our teachings and what we do is online as well. So you can access it wherever you like all over the world. Amazing. Not only Australian, but global. That's the goal. <laughs> There's 9 yes, million um, people on this hour. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be overseas a bit more in the next couple of years, oh. but I'm glad that especially over the last two years, 
from where we've started, you know, our reach was only in Victoria and now we have a reach all across Australia. So the goal is to start moving across the waters soon a little bit. Oh. So oh. if anyone's over there, you feel free to reach out. We'd be happy to have you. How exciting. And I think like everybody listening, take this episode as like, regardless of whether you want to be a cosmetic nurse or not, but like take this as inspiration to give yourself permission to do the thing that you've been sitting on for a while that you're like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I can make this happen. I don't know if I'll make money with this. And trust in the process. Give yourself the opportunity. Take one day off a week. Do your four days. Start chipping away at your goal and just make it happen. We need more nurses in business, I believe. And I think that, you know, like the flexibility, if the workplace is not going to give us flexibility and it's not going to meet nurses where they need to be, then you create that for yourself. You don't engage in the industry drama and you nurse on your own terms. I love it. Thank you for being a representation of that. And I'm so excited. I'm sure this will not be the last time that, that we have a conversation on the potty and all of the links for Lorna's websites and Instagrams will be in the show notes for you all to access. Until next time, Lorna, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. And just remember out there, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So you might as well do whatever you want anyway. Awesome. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next episode. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I'm so privileged that you spent your time with us here today. Hey, can I ask a favor? If you know someone that would benefit from this podcast episode, please share it with them. The more you share, the more we get in front of amazing nurses and we're able to help them see that nursing on their terms across their career is totally possible for them. So I'd love if you could do that. Now, I will see you in the next episode next week. Until then, let's make this year the year that you nurse on your terms. Are you ready? Let's do it.